Well, it's a good day to be in the house of God. Anytime we're gathered together with fellow believers, it's a good day, is it not? And uh, if you are joining us on live stream, we'd love to see you in person, but we're glad that you're joining us anyway, all right? It's a good day. We're going to get right into this. We're continuing our series, Kingdom Seekers. We're in Matthew 7. So would you stand with me? Let's read the Word of God. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick up grapes from thorn bushes or figs or thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Father, I thank you that your word is alive and powerful and true. I pray, Lord, as your word goes forth this morning, that we would recognize it with the, uh, and attach to it the authority it has. I pray, Lord, that it would be transformative in our lives and that you would anoint every person to hear what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, God certainly is faithful, and he continues to be faithful. And uh, we have been on this journey uh, through Matthew in uh, looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And um, a few weeks ago, uh, I'm going to tell you a story about this in just a second, but a few weeks ago, we, uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about Jesus as our Lord and his lordship in our lives and what that, and what that entails and what that, and what that looks like. And we uh, left with the question, somewhat unsettling question of, is he truly the Lord of every aspect of our lives? The lordship of Jesus Christ, his lordship gives way uh, to freedom in lots of areas. Last week, we talked about the narrow and the, and the wide road, the narrow and the wide road. And, uh, and many people seek uh, and find the wide road. Few find the narrow road. And we talked about how the narrow and the wide road isn't just about sin, but it's about abundant life. And when we choose the narrow road, we can find abundant life when we allow Jesus to work in us and through us. And if we are willing to go to places that don't necessarily feel good, right? Um, so we talked about that. We talked about that last week. And let me just say, I've had a number of conversations since uh, last week's uh, message. And I just want to encourage you because a majority of those conversations have been very positive and you've stepped out and you've started to lean into some of those places that maybe you've turned a blind eye to. And I want to encourage you to persevere because right behind some of those good things may be some hard things. And part of the point of the message last week was to remind you that Jesus is right there with you. He will give you the strength that you need. And that enemy out there doesn't want you to be healed. He doesn't want you to break through any of that. And so continue to persevere through the things in your life that he's showing you, through the things he's tapping on your shoulder as you're, as you're moving toward an abundant life in him. Amen? And so narrow and wide road. And so Jesus continues uh, in, this, uh, in this passage. And today uh, we're talking about false prophets or false teachers. And uh, there, are, there are false prophets, there are false teachers, there are bad 
teachers. I used to, uh, and I didn't used to snowboard. I only went one time. I went snowboarding one time in my life. And, uh, and I know that that probably surprises some of you because I do not look like the snow, snowboarding type and I'm not the snowboarding type, but I went one time and, uh, and I went uh, with a, a friend of mine. Um, I was actually with a family, but there's a friend that was, uh, that was supposed to be there to help walk me through this, this snowboarding process. And we got there and it was, um, it was an extremely cold day but an extremely sunny day. And so many, many people were out snowboarding and skiing that day. And it was over at Mount Hood in, in Oregon. And, uh, and so lots of people were out this day and I didn't have any gear because I'm not an avid snowboarder or, or skier, but the person I was with, he had all of the stuff because he goes all of the time. And so when you, when you arrive there, the first thing uh, I found out was two people died on the mountain two days prior. Uh, so that was a real welcoming invitation, coupled with, it's a beautiful day to snowboard. And uh, so, okay, so you have to go when you're going to snowboard and you don't have your own gear, you have to go in these lines and there's three different sections you have to go through. And they give you this, uh, I think this parka and the supplies that you need. And of course the, the snowboard. And it was going to take quite a bit of time for us to make our way through that journey. And I could tell that my friend uh, wasn't too excited about waiting in that line because of course he came prepared. Uh, and so uh, I felt bad for him and he wasn't really paying attention to me in the line. He was, I don't know if he's on his phone or watching or kind of just wishing he was going down the slopes as he was waiting on me. Uh, I'm not sure which one, but I got to the place where they asked me if I was regular or goofy footed. And of course I assumed that I was goofy footed. I'm not, but I assumed I was. And I said goofy footed and they gave me the correct uh, or the incorrect board, I guess, uh, uh, to go along with that. And so when I got done at that process and I'm just kind of apologizing to my friend, I'm so sorry it's taken so long for me to get prepared and ready. There are these little hills over to the right and lots of people are on them and they're falling down. Uh, they're getting up and they're falling down. And I thought, now that looks like a place that I need to go uh, because the hills are not very big and, and I can get my bearings. And my friend says to me, you don't need to go there. Don't worry about that. I'll teach you everything you need to know. And so I said, okay, because he was the expert. I, I didn't know, you know, so I, I, we walk over there, you know, I got my board attached and I get onto the uh, ski lift and we get talking about everything under the sun except for snowboarding. And so we're going up and it wasn't until a layer of cloud that I was passing through and I couldn't see anything below us but cloud that I realized you haven't said a word to me about snowboarding and I'm on the top of this mountain. And in a panic and in a flurry, he says, oh, hurry up, connect this to your foot. When you get out, you're gonna have to lean this, do that. I have no idea what he said. I was panicking myself, but he was taking us up to what they call a black diamond or something like that. And so it was like, it was like a big deal. And so when, I, when we got up there, there wasn't much of a, like a flat place. Uh, basically, this is what snowboarding looks like, and this was me, uh, and, uh, and I just, I just kind of went down the mountain kind of like Superman for about two minutes. Uh, I hit trees. I bounced my head against the, now remember I said it was the coldest day. It wasn't necessarily snow. It was like ice snow. Is packed. I beat my head. I was bumped, and I just bumped and bruised my way two minutes down the mountain, and I really thought I was going to die. Um, I really did think I was going to die, and, and I remember one moment as I was just hitting trees, I just went limp, and I just said, oh, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, and I just asked the Lord to take my life because I couldn't take any more 
any more beating. It was enough. And so finally, as I landed into a snowbank, people came up and they kind of rescued me and helped me and all of those things. But needless to say, I have never gone to snowboard again, nor do I desire to go snowboarding again. And it was all because I had a bad teacher. A bad teacher can taint and ruin your experience. A bad teacher can cause destruction, can cause turmoil, can cause hurt, can cause pain in your life. I wonder how many of us have subjected ourselves to unnecessary pain and hurt by following people who had no idea what they were talking about. Today we're talking about bad and false teachers. Jesus says, watch out. Now, when I send my kids across a road and I say to them, watch out, it's not a suggestion. It's not just a clever idea. There is an imperative there that says, right now, in real time, watch out because you might be in danger. And Jesus's plea right here is the imperative, the inference here is beware because right now there are false teachers among you. Watch out for those who will pull you away from Christ rather than point you toward Christ. Watch out for those who will make everything else important much more important than the Lord Savior, Jesus Christ, and make that the platform with which they speak. Watch out and beware, church. There are false teachers in the world right now today. In the Old Testament, the prophets were charged with declaring or teaching God's word. And so, Prophets and teachers in this context can work together, and Jesus is telling us to watch out for those who would proclaim God's word who have not heard his voice. And so last week, we talked about two roads, the narrow road and the wide road or the broad road, and every time false teachers are on the broad road. Every time the false teachers, they are on the broad road. And if we're not careful, though we may be attempting to be on the narrow path, false teachers may woo us and entice us with their antics right back in and we find ourselves in the broad road. Where are you today? Who are you following? What is that person you're following? What does their life look like? If you're going to follow Jesus Christ, you cannot live your life any way you want to. If you're gonna follow Jesus Christ, you cannot choose, I'm going to adopt the things of the world that I love, that I like, and I'm gonna live a life that has a t-shirt that says I belong to Christ, but I also belong to the world in these ways. And anyone who will come to you and just say, live your life the way you want to live your life, God loves you, he doesn't really care, is a liar is a liar. Jesus says, watch out. There's a prophet in the Old Testament by the name of Jeremiah. 
And Jeremiah stumbled upon something he describes as shocking. Let's look. He says this, a horrible and shocking thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy lies. The priests rule by their own authority. And my people love it this way. They love it this way. The unfortunate thing about what we just read, it's not so shocking in our culture, is it? It's not so shocking in our culture, is it? And so we must be a people who are diligent with our eyes, diligent with our, the discerning spirit that we've been given to see and look and test and look and see who we're following before we actively fall in the ranks of the people who are attempting to lead us. Jeremiah was prophesying the truth. He was prophesying the truth. Jeremiah was forecasting doom over the Israelites because of the way that they were living their lives. His message was one of repentance. But every time he would bring a message of repentance, about a hundred other prophets would come along and say, oh, don't worry about that. God's not going to destroy or do anything that, that, he, that, that, Jeremiah, that fellow Jeremiah is saying. God is love. He is peace. He cares about you. He's not going to do any of those things. And Jeremiah is freaking out because he's actually hearing the voice of God. When you got two people, one saying, don't worry about it. Live the way you want to live. Everything's going to be great. God is good. God is peaceful. And you got the other one saying, repent and turn. Which one do you think the people gravitated to? And so Jeremiah is there and he's trying to convey a message uh, from the Lord and the people of Israel didn't want anything to do with it. In fact, in, in Isaiah, we read this. They say to the seers, see no more visions. And to the prophets, give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Leave this way and get off this path and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Is that not the anthem of this culture and this world we live in right now? Stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. We want to be a people who are taught a balanced gospel, a balanced truth, which means it's all of it. It's all of it. The greatest threat to the Israelites were not their enemies. The greatest threat to the Israelites were the false prophets and teachers within their own ranks. And I wonder today, might I suggest that your enemies pale in comparison to the false teachers who are out there trying to woo you away from Jesus. Who are you following? Who are you paying attention to. This statement gets thrown around way too often with very little regard to the person who's sending the message, who's supposed to be sending the message. The Lord said, and I have personally been a part of people's lives that have been utterly wiped out and destroyed because somebody said, the Lord said, and it was no closer to the Lord than the man on the moon. When we hear the Lord said, it is a sobering statement 
Because behind the quote the Lord said is an awesome, sovereign, mighty, holy God who breathes stars and is in charge of all creation. And if you're going to speak on his behalf, you better have heard from him. You better have heard from him. Might I suggest this morning that if you feel like you have heard from the Lord, but you're not sure, shut up. Can I say that this morning? Because it's a matter of life and death for folks. If you do not know that you have heard from the Lord, it is better for you to keep your mouth closed than to say anything at all. And at the very least, if you feel you're supposed to go to somebody and say, the Lord said, and you're not sure, at the very least, you better preface it by saying, listen, I'm not sure if this is the Lord or not. Because that leaves a margin for somebody to say, okay, let me dig into this and test and see what the Lord is actually saying. The Lord said is an awesome, awesome statement for somebody to say to you or for you to say to somebody else. In the book of Deuteronomy, I'm gonna read it straight from here because I want you to see it comes from the word. God has a consequence in place for those who prophesy and it doesn't come to pass. It's in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 20. It says, but a prophet who presumes to speak in my name, says the Lord, anything that I have not commanded or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods is to be put to death. That's a serious consequence. It's a serious consequence fitting to a sovereign, holy God who does not want to be misrepresented. He does not want to be misrepresented, and he won't because he's faithful and true, and he knows how to fix messes and all of those things. But boy, we can cause a lot of damage in the way. So false teachers, do they exist today? You better bet you. False teachers exist today, and Jesus is saying, watch out. In fact, over in Matthew 24, Jesus says this, false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, the elect. Paul says over in Acts to the church of Ephesus, he says this, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He's talking to the leaders of the church. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. He continues, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock, even from your own number. Men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. Paul continues when he writes his letter to Timothy, he says this, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. Boy, does that sound familiar. Here's the thing. It's easy to lead people astray who do not know the word of God. 
It's simple to lead people astray who do not know the word of God. Last week, there were a lot of things shared up here that I believe the Holy Spirit used, but the most important thing that was shared was the part where we said that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the most important thing you can have is a relationship with his word. That is the most important thing that you have. It is a tool at your disposal. It is, it is life and death right here. It is understanding everything about this God that you call Lord of your life. You must have a relationship with this word. It is how you test the spirits. It's how you test the prophets. It's how you test the teachers and the preachers. Let me give you some perspective, just in case you're not following me. Let me give you some perspective. There are 8,736 8, hours per year. That's the gift of time that you've been given each year, 8,736 hours. And if you are a faithful attendee to church, and let's just go completely optimistic, okay? You are faithful every single Sunday. You don't miss. You come in here with no issues or problem, ready to learn. Your Bible's open, your ears are open, your spirit's ready. You have no problems. You're in here learning. And let's even say, you know, because we really spend about 30, 45 minutes actually diving into the word. Let's bump it up to an hour. Let's give us some, let's, let's give us some fluff room, especially for those who actually come to midweek gathering. You know, we'll kind of stretch that out a little bit, okay? So of that time in church, we spend 52 hours. That's less than 1% of the hours we've been given in a year. Let me make it a little bit more meaningful. In a week, there's 168 hours per week that you've been gifted. We spend one of those 168 hours together like we are right now. If you are basing your entire faith off of what you hear from this platform, you are missing so much of the larger picture. You are missing so much of the larger picture. Now, I get flack sometimes, and I'm sure Pastor Ronnie at times and Pastor Barbie have received flack for this too. Why do you not go out on Thursday, watch CNN and Fox and the political news channels and get the top, hot, top, hot button item and put it right out here for everybody to see so we can address the issues every week? Because I want to take the one hour that some of you only spend in the word and exalt Jesus Christ. It's the reason why we don't put issues right at the center of everything that we do. In fact, object lesson, because I know that you guys don't like these, but okay. When we come here, it should only be about him. This is it. Period. The reason we gather in church is to exalt Jesus Christ, to remember what he did for us. Okay? Okay. But false teachers will come along. False teachers will come along. And when they come along, you'll recognize, I'm gonna give you three ways to recognize a false teacher. Are you ready? Here we go. The first thing is you'll recognize them because they've got a bigger than life personality. And their personality is enticing. It's fun. It's humorous. Wonderful. And let me tell you what this personality does. When you get home, you don't talk anything about Jesus. You talk about the person who is speaking because their personality is so great. It's more important to you to befriend that personality than it is for you to get in relationship with Jesus. 
In fact, I would go as far as to saying that you follow that personality instead of following Jesus. Second way you can spot a bad teacher, false teacher, it's all about the performance. We're gonna do everything we can here to make sure everybody's experience is great. We're gonna make sure we have the flash and bang and the best of the best and the best because we wanna do everything with excellence before the Lord and we want you to come back. James, we want you to come back to this church so we wanna make sure everything is just great and suits your needs. Best cup of coffee, we wanna make sure that you have good coffee. Great experience, it's all about you. It's all about the performance because we like a good show, don't we? You can spot a bad false teacher by their performance. What about this one? Spot a bad teacher by their preference. You know, and what this looks like is this. Uh, I don't think that's really important. Uh, I don't really agree with that, so we're not gonna teach that. Ah, here's one. Now this one will bless your socks off. You guys can go home with as much money and cars and wealth as you want. It says it right here. Let's claim some things in the name of Jesus, everybody. Let's all get excited. Hallelujah. Can we shout loud in the back? Because I prefer to teach what tickles the ears of those who listen. I prefer to teach the things that make people comfortable because I don't want to deal with the emails and the stuff in the week. So let's just keep it above bar. We don't really have to go preferential teaching. And so here's what happens. You get a false teacher and all of a sudden, Jesus is way back here. He's still in the picture, but you know. He's still in the picture, but these are really what are important, right? He's back there, especially for you super spiritual ones. He's back there. You can see him. He, he's back there. And he takes a back seat. I have perhaps one more thing that we might be able to identify a false or bad teacher. can spot a bad teacher, false teacher, when all they want to talk about are the issues. All they want to talk about are the issues. Every cultural thing, every worldly thing, every political thing, that's all they want to talk about. And when you leave here, you might not even have heard the name Jesus, let alone see him. But could I tell you something today, church? No issue is more important than Jesus Christ. No issue is more important than Jesus Christ. And while you may have issues, issues, and issues, which we all do, they all should be behind him. He is the one to be exalted. He is our focus. He is the reason why we gather here Issues will change. Issues will evolve. Jesus stays the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And nothing brings more clarity to all of these issues than acknowledging this truth. Jesus Christ is Lord.
Jesus Christ is Lord. And the reason that this is important, guys, this is real, this is real important. The most divisive, powerful, and sobering declaration that I can make from this platform as your teacher and your pastor is this truth, that Jesus Christ is Lord. This truth, this truth is more controversial than any political agenda, any cultural issue, any relational conflict, any moral failing. Because if this is true, every answer to every question, every issue must bow, must bow to what Jesus Christ says about it. No matter how we feel and no matter what we think. To say Jesus Christ is Lord, his thoughts about whatever the thing is, is supreme, not ours. And I'm going to tell you, as a flawed and broken human, I don't like everything he's put in here. But guess what? My liking of what he puts in here is not a prerequisite to my submission to it. He is king. I have chosen to make him king of my life. That means whatever come what may, what he says goes. And he's got a lot to say. And if you guys are actually, let me tell you something. If you're actually reading this word and you're actually growing in the Lord and you're reading this thoroughly in and out, in and out, let me tell you what's gonna happen. Here's a mark of somebody who's really reading the word. When you come into this place, you don't have the capacity to look at everybody else and their issues because you are so grateful for the salvation of Jesus Christ in your own broken, flawed life that you want to come and you want to worship this king out of a place of gratitude for what he has done for you and in you. And you want everyone else, everyone else to receive the same salvation that you've received. And so you will love them like they've never been loved before. And in that, they'll come to know him and they too will have the opportunity to grow in truth, to grow in truth. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. Now, Jesus gives us very specific, a very specific way of identifying good and bad teachers. He says, you do that by looking at a bad tree, a good tree, bad fruit, and good fruit. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit. And a good tree only produces good fruit. And we have been given, he just makes it, guys, so simple. If we will wake up and pay attention. When Paul is writing to the Galatian church, he gives us a list, a wonderful, powerful list of what it looks like to be a true teacher who's walking by the spirit. You know, flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. When we test the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Find you a leader who's exhibiting these qualities. It can only come from the Spirit. You can't manufacture these things in the world. 
Get somebody whose fruit looks like this, then you can get in lockstep with them. You can follow them. You can trust that they are hearing from the Spirit of God, that they're in relationship with the Spirit of God. Good teachers will risk popularity. They will risk their preference. They will risk performance. They will risk their popularity, all of these things, in order to exalt Jesus Christ. Now, after all of that, anybody here want to be a teacher? Just in case you do, let's look at what James says in James chapter 3, verse 1. He says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know those who teach will be judged more strictly. It is a humbling, sobering, daunting task that I've been assigned to. I pray that you pray for me a lot and the other teachers that are in this place. Because I am a broken, flawed human being trying to hear from the Lord just like you. Just like you. And as iron sharpens iron, we sharpen each other and we say, watch out. You're heading toward, the, you're treading the wide road. Stay on the narrow. Do you know I need people to lift my arms up? Teachers need their arms lifted up. Sowing into prayer, knowing that it is not, it is a high cause, a privilege to be able to teach. Who are you listening to? Because I'm afraid there are some people that listen to the 30 seconds on TikTok reels more so than the truth of God's word that comes every day, more than the truth of God's word that you should be in every single day. Those little bite-sized nuggets of misinformation taken out of context, which you base your entire life on, will lead only to destruction. And a good shepherd loves you too much to allow you to not have the right information. Jesus is the best. He is a good shepherd. And sheep who know him hear his voice and they know his voice. And so when it comes to you evaluating who you're following, when it comes to you deciding who you're gonna listen to, who you're gonna order your life off of, who you're gonna follow and actually make choices based off of, I leave you with this one thing. Look for Jesus. Because if you can see Jesus, if you can find Jesus, you're in good company. You're in good company. Look for the one who exalts Jesus above all else. And may yours be a life that exalts Jesus in the same way. Let me close with this story. Sherry and I have a, uh, a backyard, and in the backyard in the corner is a uh, play set for our girls' swing set. And uh, there's a tree back there that is not on our property, property line. And the tree has hollowed out because of termites back way back there. And um, about three weeks ago, part of a branch fell off and crashed on top of the playset. Thankfully, my daughter was not on the playset at the time. Once that happened, we recognized that tree as a bad tree 
And that tree had a massive branch sticking out about 45 degree angle right over the play place still after the first one fell. And so of course, as a dad, immediately I'm saying, we gotta take care of this. And so we went to our neighbors and, you know, we asked them because it wasn't on our property line. We said, hey man, we, we gotta take care of this. And they said, we have been trying for months, but the HOA just told us, hey, we got insurance, you got insurance. If something happens, it'll be fine. It cost me a fortune this week, but I took that branch down and had it paid to be moved. Why? The tree wasn't my responsibility, but my kids were. My kids were. The point is this. Are you under a hollow, dead, bad tree just waiting for the smallest storm to come through and knock it over and destroy your life? Or are you standing under a firm tree that is alive? Guys, Tennessee, we've had some pretty big storms come through and those strong trees, you don't have to worry about them. But those weak, hollow, dead trees, they'll come down with just the smallest wind. Are you willing to risk your life to be destroyed under a bad tree because it looks good, it feels good, it causes you not have to be uncomfortable and move. It doesn't have to cause you, you know, some of us will sit here and say, we'll go, <laughs> we'll sit here and say, we'll go, well, I've got my salvation insurance. I've got my salvation insurance. So, you know, if something happens, <laughs> no big deal and not care one bit about the destruction around you and the havoc that it's causing on other people's lives because of the destructive decisions you're making by following bad fruit. Man, he wants us to have abundant life. And in sequential, in sequential order, we talk about the narrow, the wide road. And he tells us about false teachers. And you know what's next? We covered this the first week of this last part. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is gonna make it in. I'd hate to be following behind somebody who's singing loudly, Lord, Lord, has no idea who Jesus is. Would you stand with me this morning? I know that this is not necessarily the type of message that solicits an invitation. But I do have two things for us this morning. The first thing is this. The book of Hebrews tells us because of what Jesus Christ did for you, because of what Jesus did, you can come boldly and confidently before his throne of grace in your time of need. Does anybody need anything today? If you do, the God of the universe is here today and he will meet you. If you're gonna pray with people, would you come forward? The second thing is this. If you have been susceptible to following a false teacher, or maybe you would say, Kevin, listen, I hear what you're saying, and I am here 52 weeks, but I have no relationship with this word, and I need some strength to get in this word. Come forward. Humble yourself before your God and come and say, I need help. I want to get into this word. I want, I want understanding of the word. I want understanding of the scripture. Do you know before I read, I always say, Lord, I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm dumb. I'm the dumbest sheep. I need you to help me understand what this says. Come agree with somebody. I need understanding. Come this morning if you have a need or if you want to build upon your foundation with him. Let's worship.